Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. All right. We're getting into the home stretch, everybody. Reemergence for 2022 has had a monthly theme. And this month, November, is enlightened. So let me tell you what that means. It means give intellectual or spiritual light to, to shed light on, to instruct to impart knowledge. So all of this thing, these ideas of shedding light on to enlighten, to give instruction or spiritual light to, this is an interesting concept to actually think about because so many of us trudge along in our daily life and we do the thing, but are we hurting or feeling enlightened? Do we, are we feeling like we are aware or awake? And that's what I choose. I want to be aware and awake as much as I can. And and it takes a lot of conscious effort sometimes, or just awareness, but to shed light on. So my question to you for this month of November is where are you hiding? Where are there dark, dark pockets in your consciousness, your awareness, your life? Where are you just going through the motions? And where could you shed some light? Where could you develop some more intellectual or illuminating areas in your life? So like those dark pockets that you maybe don't want to look at, the thing you you don't want to do, or the part of you that you're constantly not happy about, Maybe it's time to shed some light on that area and see really what is it you're hiding or that you're keeping under a bushel basket, like my grandfather used to say, and allow your light to enlighten others by simply shining and being the beautiful you that you are. Enjoy our shows for this month. So hello again, and welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. I am so curious about my guest today. She is well-traveled, well-versed. Her book, I can see she's deeply spiritual and just curious how this conversation is going to go. So I want to welcome the author of The Kabbalah of Light, Ancient Practices to Ignite the Imagination and Illuminate the Soul, Catherine Schoenberg. Thanks for joining me. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. So I've studied quite a few world religions, philosophies, things like that, but I have not studied the Kabbalah and I have been attracted to it. I've talked to people who have, and it just sounds so mystical. I want to say mystical and magical because it's a, it's a deep ancient wisdom uh, practice. So could you explain to people who may have been listening to, hmm, social media things about the Kabbalah being not a good thing? Can you explain to people what it really is? It's a vast subject, but what I teach 
is the original Kabbalah, which is the inner gazing, so that it's actually open to anybody who is interested in just looking into their subconscious. The Kabbalah became more and more complex because different people took parts of it and started to develop techniques and methodologies for more ecstatic uh, awareness. But the original Kabbalah is really the one of dreaming, of looking inward to the subconscious and, and getting revelations. Now, revelations is what the subconscious does when it's triggered. So I could, let's say, ask a question having to do with uh, a sentence in the Bible and turn in asking the question and the subconscious will gather together and speak to me. And speaking to me means it speaks in images generally and, and all of the, all of the uh, feeling, all of the senses become awake. So you need to learn what these images mean, right? Right. So, um, because in the in this book, you've written another book prior to this, but this book does uh, most of the chapters that I've gone through. It's talking about getting in touch with your dreams and things like that. But it is, but what you just described to me is about learning. You in the process of doing those things, the individual can learn how to listen to their inner wisdom that. I feel is the divine wisdom that we all carry. We, we are. We're like vessels. If we can open ourselves up, we're like vessels and it, it flows through us. But it has to be triggered. And it's generally triggered at night, for example, by our, our, our questioning, our anxieties. Um, this is why people have dreams at night. Right? They're hovering over the darkness and light appears <laughs> and then uh, forms appear. And these forms are talking to us about being in alignment with the universe and the alignments that, that are in Kabbalah and I'm sure in many of the other uh, uh, directions um, are called godlike. So mm -hmm. godlike alignment the mysterious alignment that we see, for example, in nature, or we see in our own bodies where everything is working <laughs> in an amazing way, right? So right. when we look inside and we ask a question, then suddenly order appears or we are shown a direction. So in some cases, we're also shown things that frighten us, like in the case of nightmares. But that is, that is simply to show us something is off kilter. Something is not in alignment. So take a look at it. So it's extremely uh, valuable to be able to uh, simply look at our night dreams. But mm -hmm. Kabbalah is more than that. It is learning, practicing how to tap into the subconscious in the daytime also. Right. I and I that I love all of this that that you've written. You've got you've got sections, and at the end of a lot of the sections, there's a simple breathing meditation that you've put in that I just think is so lovely. And sometimes there's a question to ask, sometimes there isn't. But you always start with each of those breathing exercises. You start with taking a breath, and then you say, "See the one tall, 
clear and bright. And that, just in my saying that to myself right now, I can feel that energy begin to uh, flow through my system. And I just love that you've added that there. It gives me a, it gives me a focus. Now, what do you mean by that? See the one tall, clear, and bright. Well, first, we don't take the breath in. We breathe out. And we count backwards. So we count from three to one. And then we recenter ourselves. The one tall, clear, and bright recenters us immediately within ourselves. And then whatever comes, Kabbalah means to receive. Whatever comes up in response is the revelation. So the breathing in happens with the revelation, if you want. We don't think. Oh, I see. We don't, we don't emphasize it, but we breathe out so that spirit will come into us. The breath of God will come into us, if you want. And that, I, I got to say, in my personal spiritual practice, that's a lot of what it feels like when, when I'm focusing within, is that, that, in, that energy, the breath of God, comes into my body and it and it does help constantly I do a daily practice of, of that kind of thing and I highly encourage everybody who's listening to develop an inner daily practice whether it's the breath work Catherine's talking about whatever it is to to align yourself and be open to receive these these answers to questions that you are asking yourself and so sometimes people don't even know that they have questions right they don't I mean, because because we're very scattered, and so focusing is is a practice. People need to learn how to focus. So, mm-hmm. let's say I go to I go to sleep. I have an anxiety, but I haven't really asked my myself what the answer is. Um, the dream will try to answer it, but we can do that in the daytime too. Close my eyes, breathe out three times. I'm asking myself, should I stay in this job? And the image will immediately rise up. Ways to train people to do this. I mean, through many, very, very short exercises that I, I train my students with. So let's say we're examining a particular area like relationship. So I will create 15, 20 short, short exercises they ask the question, they breathe out three times, they hear the induction, they're asking the question of their subconscious. And the subconscious will rise up in instantly in form and in color and in uh, senses, telling the, the person what their inside really understands about this question. So it sounds like then you're, besides becoming aware of the imagery that shows up in our minds, I guess, or our hearts, you're, you're, so it sounds like that, that this practice uh, in the Kabbalah is about really aligning to your inner, your intuition to begin to really learn how to listen. Well, it's, it's intuition. We learn from the inside, intuition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't go out tuition to the university, we learn from the inside, right? And the other thing is, it's really embodiment, which most people don't understand. They call it mental imagery, but it's not mental imagery, although the brain is a part of that, but it is the brain and the whole body speaking together. 
right? So if you think of the subconscious, it's, it's incredibly, uh, it's a vast, vast cauldron of information of all the mm-hmm. in, in forms uh, or energetic forms that we receive throughout our life. I call this a dream field. It's woven in us. We have our own dream field. We also have a family dream field. So we have stories of the family, bits and pieces of information. We have a national dream field, as we can see these days. <laughs> right. It's like really getting our attention, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. And it's allowing us to, to align and to do, to do what I call the correction, right? Um, so when we look at the subconscious, it's going to answer us and show us our, our truth. And sometimes that truth can be complex or, or painful or difficult or dark or right and needs what what we call in Kabbalah tikkun, which is the correction. So it's like it's it's returning into the, the image and responding to the necessity of the image. So if I'm let's say in a kitchen and it's uh, the table's dirty, the necessity is clear to us, right? We need to clean the table. Right, right. So there, there are multiple kinds of necessities. And if we do the practice, not only of really activating subconscious and learning to focus to ask, ask, ask questions, but then we do the tikkun, the correction, we are slowly... Um, building up more and more uh, awareness, more and more um, precision, more and more aware, uh, more and more consciousness inside of ourselves. I call that a ladder of dreaming because the more we do that, the more we clarify the subconscious and all the the, the junk which is at the surface of the ocean of the subconscious kind of dissolves. And we can see the clear waters and we can see our souls. Yes. So in the Kabbalah, you, you said that there are four worlds. Yeah. Speak a bit about that. Because we're kind of talking about that already. We are. But the, the way <clears throat> that Kabbalah sees it is that there's, there was a big bang. Or there is all the time a big bang. <laughs> we could see it. it's all in the now, right? There's a big bang. And that starts the creation. And then there's mm-hmm. creation. Um, creation could be, you know, the titanic forces, right, up, down, left, right, forward, back, uh, time, space. So that's creation. The third world is, is um, called formation. And formation is, from there, these forms multiply and fructify and become many different kinds of forms. And Mm -hmm. these are still, it's all in in the energetic flow. From the Big Bang all the way down, we're still talking energetic. And then we come to the fourth world, which is manifestation. So if you understand that clearly, we live in manifestation. Many people believe that manifestation is all they have. But they back to the world of formation, which is dreams, dreaming, subconscious, all the the sensations that we have, uh, 
put us in the world of the energetic patterning. Mm-hmm. And I can then go there and repair what needs to be repaired in the energetic form. That is going to affect the manifestation. Yes. I, don't you think that people are so focused on the manifestation aspect that the other the other things, the emanation, the creation, the formation, they've suppressed all awareness of that in so many ways. And so the, all they want is the thing, you know, they want the stuff, they want the, the manifestation of whatever. And, and so then they're not, like you just said, it's an energetic patterning. So they're not even aware that they're running energy or opening to receive energy, right? Well, they're not even aware that in fact, like Einstein said, we are both matter and light. Mm-hmm. Light is an energetic pattern, right? So we are light. If we can get back to light, we can heal ourselves. Right. But also it's very practical. So that, um, let's say somebody has a particular illness, you go back to the energetic pattern, you can respond to its necessity. We're going to see results immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, but, So tease that out a little bit for us, Catherine, responding to the necessity. If you're going back to the... What I heard, just heard you say is you go back to the originating pattern, energetic yeah. pattern, yeah. and then you respond to the nest. What does that mean? Well, let's say somebody is always having sore throats and terrible uh, problems in the throat, <laughs> uh, right? So right. you go back to, well, what does the throat do, right? So the energetic pattern of the throat is, of course, the vocal cords, but also wanting to express through those vocal cords. So let's say you clean the vocal cords and mm-hmm. one do that very easily by screaming in the desert, for example. I go out and imaginally to the desert and I scream everything I have on my, in that I've really wanted to say to my partner for years and years and years and years. <laughs> so I go, I go and do that in my, in my imaginal uh, world, right? And then having done that, I'm going to feel, let's say, then fill it with blue light from the sky. I feel much, mm-hmm. much better. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you can do that energetically through imagery and you don't have to physically drive to the Sahara to do it. I love that. You don't need to drive to the Sahara and you don't need to scream at your partner. <laughs> but if you have done it, you're going to feel so much better. Your throat is going to open up. And in many cases, we see that all the disorders in the throat dissolve and disappear, and the relationship gets better. What we do in manifestation is we sit in the kitchen and scream at each other and say over and over and over and over again. And you're not hearing me. I want to tell it to you again. Yeah, and where does that get us? Not very far. So that's why I'm saying, let's go back to the, okay, my throat needs to express itself. Let's scream in the desert. And um, (laughs) when you come back to the kitchen, surprisingly, your partner has flowers for you. It's waiting. Right. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to do that. Next time I get a sore throat, I'm going to go into the mental imagery of a desert and just scream until I feel complete. And I want everybody to understand, you do not have to do this physically. You do this 
energetically. That's what Catherine's telling us. I love that part. I mean, the physical, you know, it's then then we get back to manifestation and people are acting like banshees screaming and uh, uh, it's ridiculous, right? They go to the beach mm -hmm. on the sand with bats that they bought for $500. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For it to be done without all this accumulation. <laughs> exactly. So you do have a section in your book that talks about transforming emotions, which is what we're talking about right now. And the idea that in the transformation or awareness, actually, that like say anger, in the awareness of being angry, then like you're talking about, then the necessity shows up of I need to pay attention to this and how can I transform this? Well, what is totally misunderstood these days there's been a great mix-up. Everything is called emotion. So love is called emotion and anger is called emotion. But love is not emotion. Love is feeling. Or mm -hmm. in older days, it would have been called virtue. Now, we don't oh. like to use the word virtue because there's a marvel aspect to it that a lot, a lot of people turn away from. But it truly is a virtue. So I have an energy which is in me, it's my life force, and it takes certain channels. So let's say it takes the channel of anger. I'm very, very angry with my mom as a new little baby, and I want to kill the little baby. Right? <laughs> um, so that energy is really useful. Even let's say that I feel that I want to kill somebody, right? The, the energy there is very powerful. And if I learn to just switch it into another direction, into, let's say, love, I have an exercise that goes like that, which is in anger, remember love. Mm -hmm. Oh, so I like that phrase. It's not mine. It, it belongs to a Talmudist um, in the chapters of the father. So it's a very ancient book. And he says that's his contribution to wisdom in anger remember love. So in anger, I'm all constrained and ready to hit. In love, if you feel the difference, it's suddenly the energy, instead of being constrained and constricted like that, starts to expand. Yes. So we can tell the difference between an emotion and a feeling. The emotion is always constricted and the feeling is always expansive. Now it could be peace, it could be serenity, it can be creativity, it can be even justice, courage, expansive energies if they are virtues, if they're feeling. And as you're describing that, it's reminding me of what you said earlier about the Big Bang, about the emanation. So in the expansion with love, then there is opportunity for a new creation. Absolutely. A new yeah. condition and immediately a new configuration, right? Because if I'm all constricted and I have a pathway, the more I do that, the more that pathway uh, gets deeper and more, uh, okay, that's the only pathway I know how to take to be angry. But the, the right. other pathway is one of expansion. Now you can become like a star. Yeah, yeah. It's and fascinating. You you're describing my father to me because he spent most of his life very angry for, you know, lots of different reasons. And 
in his later years, just in like the last four or five years, he's let go of so much of that anger and he is becoming expansive. He's just, he's more who he always was, but wasn't allowed to be or did, you know, and didn't allow himself to be all that love and joy and, and everything. And so it's fascinating to watch how people can transform. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's never too late. Never too late. And, and what is fascinating is if you do it by looking inside, by just looking, okay, this is the way, way my anger rises. It rises up to my nose. (laughs) (laughs) Halfway. That's what the French say. Anger comes up to my nose and comes out, right? Well, then I can take that energy as the moment it starts and I can do something entirely different with it. It becomes a practice. Right. And the practice is to ch- shift from anger to love. That's the practice. Yeah. Right. Now, of course, and so many other emotions. So each one of them has their counterpoint. And that depends on the person. Generally, mm-hmm. I'd say to a person, well, close your eyes and look at this emotion that you have. Uh, what color is it? Where is it? And how does it move? And then sweep it out of your body and see the exact opposite. What does it look like? How does it move? And, well, it moves completely differently. And so what is its name? They say, well, serenity. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's lovely. So you have um, a school that you've doing for over 20 years, right? Many more years. Yeah. I've been teaching for many, many, many years. And so tell everybody the name of the school and if they are curious about taking some classes with you, how do they access that? And what are the key components that they could find there? You know, what, what would, what is it exactly you're teaching? Are you teaching how to watch your dreams and everything or Kabbalah, all of it? It's called the school of images. The, the foundation of the, the teaching is a very ancient lineage. It's a family lineage. And um, so it's been in the family for 800 years. Wow. So we, we can trace it all the way back to the original Kabbalist who was called Isaac the Blind. He wasn't really blind. He was just looking inward. So that's mm-hmm. why not, right? And uh, he has descriptions of his visions that are full of incredible colors and beauty. So it's based on knowledge that was developed, yes, in the Bible and in the the Jewish background, but anybody can do this work. So I have uh, very big groups in China, for example, doing this work in Japan. Oh, fabulous. Um, Yeah, fabulous. They're not uh, in any way uh, connected to Kabbalah or Judaism, right? So anybody can really, really do it. Once they understand that the fabric of the world is dreaming, everything is dreaming. The world Mm -hmm. around us is a dream. And so if we, now that's maybe a more advanced practice in which people begin to understand this so that they use their, their ability to connect with their subconscious, the conscious mind looking into the subconscious, subconscious becoming more and more and more creative allows pathways to open up for them that they would never 
be able with their rational minds to figure right. out. Right. So I'm, I'm so grateful that you're explaining this to people right now and that you teach this because when the secret came out, it was all about man. It was the last phase of what you've described. And so everybody got into the idea that, well, if I just visualize it, it'll show up. You know, if, if I want an elephant, I can visualize an elephant and there it'll be. But they were missing all these other components that you've described, which well, are con- which cycle around, right? They, it's not just one time in your life there's a big bang that creates something and forms it. Well, you know, the, I always tell my students there's, there's an error in that. And the error is that I, I cannot say, okay, I'd like to be president of the United States. Because whenever I look inside, there's never been a president of the United States. Or if right. I look inside and, and I want to be a multimillionaire and I look inside and there's a tent, camping tent. Well, then I'm not meant to be a, a multimillionaire. It's, right. the, it's from the dream that that, that manifestation can happen. Now, if I always see a tent and I feel that this is a pattern in the family, I can go back and repair that pattern, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe then there'll be more, and uh, maybe then I'll have a house or a little castle, right? Maybe, but I cannot manifest unless I've dreamt it. And so just imagining that I have a million dollars in a check is, is actually a quite rudimentary primary, I would say. <laughs> yeah, because there's all, because uh, what I'm hearing you say, Catherine, is there's so many other components that come in. And, uh, and what it sounds like what you just said is that in the dreaming, um, our soul are, reveals to us what it is we're really here to do and be and experience. And it's not like trying to force things to come in, but mm-hmm. coming, you said it earlier, uh, looking, dreaming from the inside out, looking within and then allowing it to come into your experience or whatever, or you let go of it. Yes. You, it, it, there's some motivation for each one of us. Mm-hmm. Let's say that each one of us is there to repair one tiny little sh- sliver of light and that we need all of us to come and repair our own little sliver of light so that the world will be back to its brilliance and its, and its perfect alignment, right? So each one, I of, love us, that. Each one of us has whatever it's going to be. I remember once working with a young woman who had really no energy, no life force. (laughs) I figured out how to help her. And she she ended up becoming an embroiderer. Wow. But I would never dream of being an embroiderer myself, right? I wouldn't be able to do it. So she found within herself the you know, the motivation. She was meant to be an embroiderer, right? And Firogamo, a a film come out by uh, a documentary on Firogamo, the the, uh, shoemaker. Yes, yes. He, at six years old, he knew he was supposed to make shoes. (laughs) 
<laughs> Amazing. So I think that the soul is, I don't know exactly what it is, but we there's a certain vibration for each one of our souls and it has a reason and a, a manifestation it's meant to accomplish. So we need to find it. And the way to find it is looking back into the subconscious and cleaning it, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. I love this. Um, Catherine, thank you for being here with me today. I, I so appreciate your sliver of light that you are that is so brilliant in, in its radiance. I really do appreciate it. The book is called The Kabbalah of Light, Ancient Practices to Ignite the Imagination and Illuminate the Soul. How perfect, what a perfect title. Catherine Schoenberg, thank you so much. And everybody that's listening, I'm going to put all her contact information in the show notes so you can find her wherever she is in the, the world. So thanks. thanks again for joining me, Catherine. Thank you. And I'm, I'm going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website. And just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at Susan at SusanMorell.com. So that's it for today. See you next time.